Alpha Bliss, author of Lesbian Fiction. And I'm her missus. Thank you for listening to our podcast where we try to talk about our journey in writing and publishing. But we usually get sidetracked by television or our cat. Meow. Welcome to Harper Bliss and her missus. Hello everyone, this is episode 140 of Harper Bliss and her missus. This is also the final part of our question-answering grand finale extravaganza, so please enjoy. Shall we move on to the next questions? Let's. So these are questions about writing. Yes. Interesting. Um, so the first question is from Carrie. Carrie. On Instagram. For aspiring authors who love your books and would love to learn from you directly, what opportunities might there be to have your smarts rub off on us? Yeah, I've been thinking about this and I think the answer is none. No, well, my answer to this is, oh no, maybe we, because we've discussed this before. If the older episode of the previous iteration of a podcast was still available, do those were really more about the publishing and writing business and about you know so there might be some pearls of wisdom in there um direct from you know the the lesbian author's mouth <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah we can, our first we iteration know. was more about publishing and writing i will i will look up and see if the, those are still available somewhere and uh then you know i can pop the link in the in the show notes but otherwise now to have a direct you know link to you no, that that doesn't exist. But I will also say, I don't have a lot of smarts to be rubbed off. Just it's it's not complicated what I do mm-hmm. at all. Just write your book and then market it a little bit. I this is awful advice. It sounds this sounds actually very. Um, no, but the basic not- thing, the basic <laughs> advice is get your bum in your writing chair and write. Yeah, there's a couple of more questions about this. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, there is I Yeah, the the answer to this question really is none. No, there are yeah. no opportunities. You I mean, you don't have the time and the bandwidth to offer me- mentoring and as we have already established, you're not good you're good at working alone and you you know, this this is not what you excel at. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of other writers who would love doing that, but this is really not what you're you know, your thing not that you wouldn't want to help other authors it's just that you you I mean nobody would enjoy it no but what I do the way I I write and the way I market my books so many other people do mm-hmm. you can easily find this information um, elsewhere because that's how I learned it mm-hmm. and it's not I don't want to sound glib but it's not that complicated you know Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I'm saying it wrong. I feel like I'm absolutely not getting my point across. Well, no, but you know, there's you are not. What I think what you mean is that f- to learn, there are other resources that you use to learn, and that you know people can probably learn better from than from you. Yeah, no, you I'm are tr- not di- didactic enough for that (laughs) i'm not i'm the opposite and and you hate people so and i really don't like people it's not personal it's just nobody in particular just people in general as a as a species as a species yeah i prefer my cat to be honest but but i'm I'm trying to put myself in the position like 
10 years ago, I didn't know anything. And I think these days, as opposed to 10 years ago, there are so many more learning opportunities. I think not 50, but 20% of indie authors who make good money, they all have a course right now. There's a new one coming out, Ilana Johnson. Like They all have courses or books like Sky Warren's book that's coming out. Soon. And there's a lot of free resources as well yeah. on how to market, on how to write, on uh, so many. I mean, Jay has several writing books as well. You know, her smarts can rub off on you by reading those books. But the, the people I learned the most from definitely in the beginning, Joanna Penn, but also Deep Work, the book by Cal Newport, because for me, that's been like the most important Shut off all your social media and internet in the morning and do your writing first. Very important, but that's me. And um, I learned a lot from Sky Warren as well and from um, Ilana Johnson. These are like people that whose books I've read, whose courses I took, you know. Now I'm I'm do I've done Brian Cohen's course on Amazon advertising, things like that, you know. Yes. But the resources. I, but are I out do there. not have a. I do not have a compiled resource of this no. that also is available. You, you don't have your own course. No, and I never will. <laughs> not ever. So the, I am a professional lesbian, though. Now, yes, like a while ago. Uh, this was before the pandemic when we were at the London Book Fair or or the SPF thing with with Claire and uh, T.B. Markinson, and we said, oh, we are professional lesbians. We should we should do a course together on how to become a professional lesbian. <laughs> hmm. So there you go. There's another question from Becky, which pretty much is, you know, what we answered now. What advice do you have for novice or hobby writers, whether they want to publish or not, but just enjoy writing? The advice is just write. In the beginning, you have to write a lot, and you don't have to start with a novel. Start with something shorter. Yes. Start with a short story or a novella, and then you know, I this is how I did it. Then work yourself up to a novel. Then you can't jump on. Oh, and then she wants to jump on the thing. Okay. If there if there is some if there's some ASMR noises now, it's because the cat jumped in front of the microphone. Really, but no, because you won't be able to hear me. Her fur is in front. Well, if you sit there, it's fine. <laughs> well, but I have to take a picture of this. Yes. It's like she's doing the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we. she is very attention-seeking today. So, yes, my advice for that is write, practice a lot, and then, yeah, you'll get better. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, yeah, Becky had a lot of questions. Rewriting. The next question that she has is... Uh, right, let me get back to them. Yeah. What are some of the pitfalls to avoid in creating a story? Well, I mean, it depends what you write. I write romance, and um, of course I know how it's going to end. But I think the most important thing is that something needs to happen. Like, I'm a drama queen. There needs to be some drama. And sometimes I get I get emails from readers who say, oh, so much drama, can't, can't you just, you know, write a book with no conflict? No, the conflict is the book. Well, Otherwise, yes. I mean, I know, I understand why people want, it's like sometimes I watch a show and I know like, 
it's like a, a ton of bad stuff is gonna happen. I don't want it to happen. I want it to be the end. But you can't get to the end without going through the bad. Stuff. Well, if there's no conflict, a book would be you know twenty pages. Two pe- two characters meet, they fall in love, they live happily ever after. I mean, there's no point in that. Maybe maybe the these people mean. Does it have to be so bad? <laughs> Does it have to be that dramatic? Yeah, I don't always write that dramatic. No. I sometimes do, but you yeah. Do, I mean, that's one of the basic, you know, things of romance is you do need a conflict. Otherwise, yes. you know, what the have, ending is never as satisfying. Yeah, exactly. You have to earn it, yes. the, the happy ending. But what I was thinking about, uh, like only this week, was um, in the books that I've written, I think it really is because sometimes the drama, the conflict, it stems from someone, someone dying or a loved one dying or you know, avoid death. This is really my um, like in any kind, in any way, like the partner is dead or a pet. A, a, uh, don't never kill your pets, obviously. But do you understand what I'm trying yes, to yes, say? Yes. Like every book that I've written that that had some sort of relation to someone being dead, it um, yeah, it's had um, commercial restraints, mm-hmm. and I think it's normal because people don't want to. I mean, in romance, I don't think people necessarily want to be thinking about death. No, true. So if you can avoid the, can avoid death. Try and avoid it. This is a, a a lesson I learned slowly. Have your conflict or your drama come from something else than death? That, that being said, I do think I've written some of my best books when you know, like in the distance and a breathless place, and when people uh, that are not in the story, but that you know, people have died. It or can make about for, for a good book, but it, I don't think readers necessarily want to read that. That's what I've learned in 10 years. Maybe. Yeah. So in the future, I think nobody's ever going to die in my books ever again. They will all live forever. Okay. I think it's better. Maybe, but I mean, it's true that your, your best, in my opinion, your best written books are the ones that have this these more heavy topics like... You know, death, like the one, two ones you mentioned. If you kiss me like that, and a breathless place, Not which if doesn't you have. Kiss me like that. No, sorry. Um, in the distance, there is like because I was never mind. In the distance and a breathless place, which has a lot of talk of death yes. in it, and it's quite heavy on yes. yeah. But it's your best writing. Yes, but it's definitely not my best. No, no, no. Writing. But I mean, that doesn't mean you can't write a book like that once in a while. No, that's true. Because I mean, people who read them really love them. Love them. Maybe yeah. fewer people read them, but the fans, the ones who do, are usually very fanatic about liking these books. Yes, that's definitely so, true. You know. Okay. A, a bit of scandal goes a long way. Yeah. <laughs> scandal over death. <laughs> so the next question is: What mechanics of writing are best to focus on? My my Evernote closed, and I need to get to the thing. Well, for me. When I write, if I don't have flow, it's not. I'm, I won't say it's impossible to have a good day, but it's going to be a lot more difficult. So, I think the first thing you need to learn when you start to write is learn how to get into flow. And for me, I do it by not doing anything between getting up and starting to write, except that you know, 
have some coffee. Don't go on the internet. Put your phone away. Just, you know, make sure you... Of course, I'm a morning writer. It's going to be different for everyone. But for me, um, when I write a book, flow makes everything 75% easier. And if you can find a way, I mean, people use all sorts of different ways to get into flow, no matter what time of the day, no matter what they've done before. I can only achieve it in the morning, but when I have it, like when I have writing flow, it's the best day ever. <laughs> it's like, it's amazing. It's like, um, it makes everything so easy. Mm-hmm. You know, and my life is not easy. We know this. <laughs> but then when I'm, when I'm writing and I'm in flow, then my life is easy and everything works. Mm-hmm. So try and find yourself, f- try and find a routine for yourself that gets you into that flow position, like by switching off a lot of stuff. And yeah, it could be anything. I mean, I say like some people, like they light a candle or something, yeah. it's like a trigger for them and then they can get into the zone. But whatever works for you, but um, <laughs> who was it that said that? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Some guy once said like, writing without flow you can compare it to uh, having sex without having an orgasm. <laughs> of course, this was a man who yeah. said that. Achman. Achman. But I mean, yeah, you know. Okay. You have to experience to know what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Have you ever experienced flow? In writing? Well, not in writing, but I mean, you can experience it in different areas sh- of your I'm life. I'm sure I have. Like when you're designing yeah, or... I'm uh, sure I have, yes. Or maybe when you're playing golf, I don't know. Well, yeah. True. It's, you know, some days you have, you're really in it and, you know, you, you know, yeah, I have. Or when you're cooking a dish. Mm-hmm. I've never experienced flow when cooking a dish. <laughs> Not even when doing eggs, that's too short. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then the next question is, what was your favorite novel to write? You've written so many. Yeah, this is a very, this is a very difficult question. I mean, I do remember, because A Breathless Place is a very, is dark although it is light at the end. But that was a special experience for me because as I was writing it, I knew it was special. Usually I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew it was kind of dark and stuff like that. But And the, um, about that kiss was also... I wrote it in a very short period of time, right? And I like I discarded another book, and I said, "Fuck it, well, I'm just going to focus on this, and I'm just I'm going to go on an at-home writing retreat." And that was special as well. I think you can feel it in the book. You when you read the book, ah, there's something special. But I've written so many books, you know. Like if you kiss me like that, it just every book is a little bit different. Like if you kiss me like that, it just how to how to say it like i was i woke up one day and the story was just there like all the things that were going to happen this is not my usual way of of writing like i usually am like more like a discovery writer like i find out what happens as i write which is the fun bit because i don't know and then i have to write it, it like it uh, it pushes me but if you kiss me like that i knew in advance all the things that had to happen and yeah, that was a special experience as well. Mm-hmm. So every book is different. Um, a Family Affair, that was fun. That was so dramatic. I should, 
I shall endeavor to have that experience again. Okay. But my last book, The Love We Make, it was different again. Mm-hmm. That was, I really had to write my way through that and I didn't know what was going to happen. Although ugh, I was very, very deeply in it though. Usually I'm not, I'm not, so, anyway, I'm not probably not even making sense. No, you're but, right. Um, so basically every book is different and a few of them stand out for different reasons. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. You summed it up well. Okay. The next question, it's no longer about writing. Um, so this is from Terry, uh, who has two questions. The first one is, would y'all... Ev- this is hey how it's y'all. written. Would y'all ever... Hey con- y'all, put some sound in your mouth. Would y'all ever consider coming to Women's Week in Provincetown? Well, we, we have considered it. Yes, because at some point this summer, I think we were saying, oh... We'd really like to go spend a few days in New York, you know, because it's been a while since we've been. And um, I looked at, I looked up when, at the time that we were thinking of going was actually when Women's Week was happening in Provincetown. So we kind of looked up, can you get from New York to Provincetown easily, which you can quite easily. Um, but then it didn't happen. But then, yeah, then, you know, other stuff also, because we, you know, just moved and all of that. So it didn't, but it is something that we did consider. And I think we, we might consider in future, you never know. Um, it all depends how many people are there. Well, I think it's quite busy, but it depends maybe, you know, I don't know. But you could go for for a day and just to hang out. When is this? Is this October? I think it's yeah. I think it's September or or October. I think October because I saw. um, Doesn't TB go there every year? Uh, I don't know if she uh, she went. I think since she's moved back to the states, she's gone. Uh, But I see that like Melissa Braden goes every time because I follow her on Instagram. What does she do then? Well, there's like panels Uh, and readings. There's a bolt. There's a there are bolt stroke event bolt strokes events, but um, it's not only that. Do I have to organize my own event? Well, no, you can just go and, you know, there's there's all kinds of... I don't of, do events. So. No, I know. But there's all kinds of panels and stuff but that you don't necessarily need to be on, but it might be fun to meet some people. I think some bookstores also, like, do you know, signing sessions with authors, that kind of stuff. So, um, and uh, Radcliffe is always there on, uh-huh. on a panel and... Melissa Braden, she hangs out with Georgia Beers a lot, uh-huh. I, as I can... You did drink Georgia Beers. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it is uh, something we have talked about and that might happen in the future but you know we'll keep you posted on that yes if it if it does happen um I, it will be broadcasted everywhere yeah. and you will know yes so yeah we will see yes and then she has a second question if you have time recommendations for friendly retirement communities in europe for my wife and trans daughter we are only a little bit offended by this question. It's because, I mean, we are nowhere near retirement age, I would like I'm to point out. I'm only 44. <laughs> I'm not that up to speed with retirement communities. We, we, haven't, we haven't really looked into the subject yet. <laughs> no, and, um, well, none of our parents are LGBT and are not necessarily looking for an, a friendly LGBTQI plus retirement-friendly community. Um, what we can say is that we know, for instance, Portugal is very popular with people who are reti- who retire and you know from all over the world. I think also from Americans, from people from the UK, and um, it is quite the country is. 
quite LGBT friendly. So I'm sure there's probably opportunities there. Yeah. So maybe you should look into. But this uh, is not researched. No, no. This our, is just this is just a a feeling I have. Um, that maybe that is an op- because I mean when you speak about retirement communities, usually people look for places where the weather's nice and you know and port in Portugal the weather's nice, and um, there's there are in all over the country I think there are a lot of very uh, quite big English speaking communities you know of, of expats who have retired there and there must be you know. Uh, Uh, LGBT friendly pockets in that as well. So, but isn't Portugal gonna be like burning up soon? Well, I think uh, maybe it might. I mean, it's hot in summer, but it depends where you are. If you're on the coast, there's. A, I mean, it's a, a, the Atlantic Ocean, which is usually more tolerable that than you know the Mediterranean side, for example, because there's a lot of air and wind, and you know. So, I think that might be a good uh, a good. Option, but apart from that, I don't really think we can recommend anything. Maybe by the time we retire, yes. Scandinavia will be the new Portugal. Maybe Finland. Maybe um, ask us again in I don't know thirty years. Well, we do in Hong Kong. <laughs> we had a friend who retired. I mean, he was still young, but anyway, he's, he's a bit. He's older he's than us. He's older, and um, we we always joke like, yeah, we should start our. Uh, a rainbow retirement home uh, somewhere on a beach in Thailand and then you you go first yes. because you're the oldest and then we will join you after. <laughs> we should start building it now. Well, I mean, retirement homes are very good business, aren't they? I mean, that's Definitely. where the money is these days. So. Definitely, yeah. Maybe we should be in old people instead of books. <laughs> maybe we should invest. In I, I already write uh, age gap, so... Yes. I, I do my contribution for more mature people. Yeah, but we should, maybe we should try and find other people who want to invest in building a LGBT retirement community community for ourselves. But I mean, it takes time to set everything up, and and you need you know we need to start like a, co- a cooperative of people who want an LGBT uh, retirement home. Yes. Excellent idea. Yes. Surely we are not the first to have this idea. No, no, uh, that probably. I mean, it, that, I've, there it, was a show recently on television that it was about uh, lesbians, and they said that a lot of uh, LGBT people who go into a retirement home now at this twenty twenty two, they have to go back into the closet. Yes. Because people of their generation, they don't understand it. They they don't accept it. Hopefully by the time we are that age, oh, there will yeah. be more, and for the next generation even more. But anyway, so... Uh, but that doesn't help you no. now. <laughs> so I'm sorry, but that's really, I don't think we can give you any more uh, helpful information than that. And so now we come to the last subject, last topic of questions um, that we received, which is about relationships yes. or relationships. I think there are three questions that are all kind of the same. Yes. So basically what the questions boil down to is how do you maintain a long-term relationship? What's the secret to a long and happy marriage from your perspective? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious about your perspective. It's uh, Don't read my don't read my reply. No, that's my perspective. I haven't I haven't read your replies yet, but I think uh, one is um, A lot of patience and willingness to compromise, <laughs> I think, yeah. is one thing. But I think one of the secrets, it's not even a secret, I think you need to just get really lucky. Yes. 
And because when you see how many marriages end in divorce, statistically, I think it's more than 50% yes. these days. So it's, it's luck. Yes. It more is than luck. anything. Yeah. Um, and But maybe also... Try to limit the number of drama queens in the relationship to one. <laughs> one drama queen, <laughs> not two. <laughs> no, two drama queens. Or more, two or more, uh, difficult to handle. Just no. the one is enough for a healthy relationship, I think. We're talking about you, I assume. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I think it helps when you are. Uh, but again, this is all luck, right? I mean, of course, it's not just luck. I mean, it's also the kind of person you're you're drawn to. But um, you're very low drama. You're, I think in some ways we are quite the same, but in other ways we are very different. And um, I think you have the ability to just let so many things slide and just let it go, you know, mm -hmm. which I don't have. I hang on to every grudge <laughs> forever. <laughs> That's not true. I can't let things go, but uh, yeah. I think it does take a lot of patience. But let us not... Um, I'm hungry. <laughs> also, um, yeah, like I can't cook and you're a very good cook. I think that's also a thing. Well, yeah, so have, you know, be similar enough to get along, but different enough to be able to complete each other. Yes. I think that is a, something that's important. But I think there are no secrets, though. It's not like some... Some special kind of thing. No. I think it's just a combination of, of, of other things. Like we have been together a long time. 22 years. 22 years. We've never been close to divorce. No, not Maybe really. When, when Maybe we once. When we wrote a book together. <laughs> Maybe once. But um, we've had a lot of uh, excitement in our life though. That's true. Like every time maybe that when things could get stale, something happened and like we moved to Hong Kong and now we moved to Brussels and now, now we do this, now we do that. Like now we start a business and now I become a writer. Like it's, I think maybe that might be not a secret, but yeah, we, we've done a lot of different things. Yes. Like together. We've we've accomplished things and we have not had children, but like we, when we first got together, I always have a crazy idea in my head. Mm -hmm. That's my thing. Like I said, oh, let's do some parties. First, I wanted to start a, a bar. Yes. Oh, let's do a bar for LGBT people. Oh, we can't afford that. Oh, let's do parties. Things like that, you know. And then your job took us to Hong Kong. And like, we've always done different things that are exciting and that... Probably kept the excitement in our marriage. Yeah, because as well. it, al it always gave us something to talk about and something to plan for, and you know, and then it things never got boring. Yeah. I think is a big thing as well because if you start to get completely bored with your life with each other, that can only lead to drama, yeah. maybe. So try and keep something, some you know, some exciting plan or some something or even like do something exciting together even i mean something exciting doesn't mean you know bungee jumping but something that you both enjoy or that you know is a bit of an adventure even if it's just you move know, to the countryside no but even if it's just going going on a a new hike every weekend and discovering a new place or going to a new restaurant because that's something that we like to do like last night as well you know going to 
a new place, discovering a new place to go have a nice meal. That so kind of stuff. So you have something to talk yeah, about. Yeah. So there's so there's things to ha- that happen that you can yeah talk about and relate to with each other. Yeah. Um, relate. Yeah. Um, that kind of stuff I think is important. Yes. And uh, also being able to put things in perspective sometimes, and you know, but that maybe comes back to the difference between a drama queen and a non-drama queen. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, time yeah. to take your rightful place in the kitchen yes <laughs> I have to cook you breakfast okay so I think we've kind of worked through our way through all the questions that we got yes so um, this now is it then now we say goodbye this is it then are this you is going the to end. have an emotion I am having an emotion <laughs> <laughs> really usually I can tell but I can't tell well, I it's mean, very it, inward. it's a subdued emotion. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so these are the last words of wisdom that we will put out in the air through the podcast for now. Like we said, you never know, maybe in a couple of years we'll think, oh, we want to talk again. We want to be podcasters again and we'll take it back up. But for now, this is the end. <laughs> You're singing. Yes. So do um, you have anything to say in, in conclusion? No, I, I'm not prepared anything at all, but I want to thank everyone for listening, yes. obviously. Everybody who ever listened, who's ever emailed or commented, thank you so much. Very much so. And uh, you are the reason that we kept doing you this for so long. For 130-something episodes. Yes. And, um, and I think this podcast is also an example that Things do not have to be professional or profound to be moderately enjoyable. (laughs) That's my wisdom. Okay. I mean, it's like in life, you know, you try to be perfect, but there's no point. No. Just, you know, be moderately acceptable. That's fine. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So on that note, that note of moderate moderation, um, we won't be back next week. No. And uh, but um, since it's uh, this is the end of the year, um, happy holidays. Yes, and also thank you because we have had twenty twenty two for our business has been a really good year. Yes, so, so we th- must also thank you for thank that. Thank you to everybody who has read books. Thank you for continuing to read my books. I honestly, most days I cannot believe it. Mm-hmm. I find it baffling that so that many people... people would read something that I write. Mm-hmm. Absolutely baffling. And still they do. I know. So. It's a miracle. It is. So on that note. Thank you for this miracle. Thank you so much to everyone. And, uh, you know, au revoir. Au revoir. Adieu. Is that Marie d'Hiver? Just au revoir, yes. Marie d'Hiver is our friend Pierre's mother. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Clits up. Thank you for listening to Harper Bliss and Her Misses. You can find all the episodes and show notes at harperblissandhermisses.com. We also have a favor to ask. If you could rate and review the podcast wherever you listen to it, that would help other people find us. Thank Thank you. you.